Episode 2 The Ramblings of a Wandering Couple. Dun dun dun! The Wandering Tech Dinosaurs is, I think, what we should actually be called. <laughs> oh my hat. So, Tech Dinosaurs, because of the sound issues we had in our first. Uh, first episode as well as the uh, the beautiful reminder that popped up during my announcement of the technical issues in my introduction so yeah I'm hoping that uh, this will be a little bit of a better sound quality and that uh, the subject matter will be more of topic than the sound in the background so, so here yeah, we wait, go wait, wait. episode two episode two but it's yeah, perfectly imperfect, imperfect. So that's that's a that's a motto that you've got to go by. You don't wait for things to be perfect to, to do them. You just start. Action is better than inaction. So uh, start with something that's perfectly imperfect. It'll get better as it goes. It's like a good fine wine, a Rupert and Rothbard if you like. <laughs> Rupert and Rothschild if you like. You know, right. Rupert and Rothschild, guys. It's one of my ultimate favorite wines. And uh, recently connected with uh, with someone here in the UK who enjoys fine wine, and uh, yeah, he actually went and, and looked for it. So he didn't find it though. He got himself a a Rupert collection instead of the Rupert and Rothschild. But uh, yeah, but anyway. it's all from South Africa, and South Africans make good wine, so all good. Tomatoes, potatoes, potatoes, and tomatoes. Something like that. Yeah. So speaking of wine, that's one thing we have realised here in the UK is that. It tastes like vinegar. <laughs> no. Gives you a headache. It does give you a headache, but it's okay. Uh, there's a squirrel in the top of the tree. Anyway, so carry on. Yeah, so you you definitely don't get squirrel as wide a selection of wines uh, from South Africa here as what we would have hoped, but um, maybe we're just looking in the wrong places. And everything has been locked down for the last how many months now? Going close on four months. So. We'll have to do a bit more exploring on the wine front, um, but a Malbec, yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's not. Uh, it's not to say that there's no one. There's a lot of it, but there's a lot of it from Argentina, Chile, California, Australia, Australia, yeah. but not as much from South Africa as one would think. So you, you know, quality and uh, all of that stuff. But I suppose it also comes down to the whole lockdown in South Africa and, and what the wine industry there is going through and not being able to. Uh, operate because it's alcohol. I know just before we left, there was a big campaign for the for the wine farmers to be included in the agricultural sector rather than the beverage and alcohol sector because uh, it's basically farming, um, even though their product is alcoholic. Uh, so and, you, and you can't sell it locally. I mean, most of the business I think is export. So, yeah. But we digress. So. Um, we're gonna just have a quick sort of uh, what do you want to call it a, a, a connect to episode one, a follow-up if you like, of what we were discussing with regards to Laura's work and the position that she was in to be able to have to make a decision about two really really fantastic offers in terms of work and uh, the, the emergency of it having to be been done quite quickly. So, how's, how it came about, or well, not how it came about, but the, the result and the, the outcome of it, I will leave to Laura. I made a decision. <laughs> it 
was not an easy decision to make. I, I did have a couple of sleepless nights, not going to lie, because I suffer from, wait for it, FOMO. <laughs> so, I think my biggest thing is like, oh, if I go with A, what do I miss out on? If I go with B, what do I miss out on? So, but um, I know in my heart of hearts that I have made the right choice and I haven't burnt any bridges or closed any doors and you know you never know what the future may hold but I'm gonna give it my best shot with um, with the team I've selected or the team that selected me or, or a combination of both of me. A combination yeah. and uh, yeah watch this space. Watch this space. Okay so uh, topic uh, done and dusted handled. Uh, work starts in just under two weeks time. No, 1st of April. 1st of April, which is? Next week Wednesday. Next week Wednesday, so it's just... Just under a week's time, because today is the 26th of March. It is a Friday. By the way, schools have come out today for the Easter break. I mean, they've gone back to school only a few weeks ago, and now they're on holiday again. Which is, uh, the kids are loving, but the parents are hating. (laughs) Because it just means we're stuck with them indoors in the house again. So, um, yeah, look, that's, uh, that's the other aspect that we had to get used to coming over here is that the, the spaces inside are so much smaller and we're a lot more restricted to, uh, in terms of rooms and, and, and the size of the, the residence that we're in. I mean, when we were back in South Africa, we had a really, really decent sized house. It's like a five bedroom. We had a double garage. We had a full self-contained flat lid on the premises. Had two gate accesses. We had um, a big garden front and back, and we uh, we also had an entertainment area outside. So you know, we didn't use a lot of the space all the time. But I think that's what we need to highlight: is that although the space is smaller here, we never used the full space we had in South Africa in any event so well we did for for storing stuff and exactly. you know collecting storing, junk storing stuff we didn't use so one of the one of the things that we sort of um, agreed upon was was to say once we've sold everything and uh, you know it came down to it all just being material goods right so to leave South Africa we had to sell it for everything and uh, you know you you attach an emotional uh, value to certain things that you think, oh, I mean, I had stuff that was coming back from my school days still that I was holding on to because there was an emotional aspect to it. It was, uh, what's the word? It's uh... So listeners, whoever's listening, right, Klaus wanted to bring across, are you sitting down? Like, let me just share this with you. We're not sitting down. Seven, seven South African rugby jerseys. And, and the best part of it is, he never wore any of them. Yeah, but hello. They all had some sort of meaning of this is the year that that <laughs> happened and, and that's the older version, the first version, the next oh, version and a World Cup blah, version. Blah, and blah. I mean, this is why we buy the things. It's memorabilia, right? And, uh, you know, it, as painful as it was to let go of, um, it was probably a good decision because ultimately stuff like that just, just weighs you down. And... Uh, that was part of the decision when, when coming over here, knowing that the space was going to be a lot less. That we don't buy stuff for the sake of having it. You know, whatever we buy needs to be functional, and uh, and it's an item that you get that you use for a specific purpose. And 
if we don't have purpose for it anymore, get rid of it. So there's none of this hoarding and holding on to things because wanting to travel and possibly being moving around every few years or so, you don't want to be bogged down by stuff. So the important thing is the families together. Uh, you know, those are things you can't replace where things you can quite easily. And you forget about them quickly enough once you don't have them anymore and you don't need them, you don't use them, they become irrelevant. True. And I think the, the longest room in our house in South Africa that took Takin out was our study. And once we had sort of started getting around that, um, you know, like, oh, check at this, oh, remember this, oh, we must keep that. Um, it, it becomes easier. It, it's uh, therapeutic in a sense that uh, you literally, we just started holding things and going, do I need it? What does it mean to me? Do I need to bring it along? And the only stuff that we really need to ship over here are photos. And documents? No. Yeah. yeah, so I mean the other thing is you you buy stuff, for example, for the bar, the entertainment area, you know, all the little knickknacks and stuff that are really cool and it's memorabilia and I mean if you're gonna be in a place for the rest of your life and you can collect stuff like that, different story, but uh, you know the other thing is you spend so much money on those things and at the end of the day when it is time to get rid of them they are absolutely worthless I mean nobody else is going to pay the money that you spent on these things to buy it off you because it's just, it just doesn't have the same value so be careful about what you buy and um, don't, don't just buy unnecessarily I mean as, as cool as it is to have stuff it really doesn't mean much in the bigger scheme of things so yeah going back to the space that we have here obviously when we first got here we uh, the whole family which was Laura myself and the two boys had to shack up with my sister and her family which were four people as well so my sister her husband and their two kids <laughs> both older I mean uh, the youngest one was in the last year of school and the other one was out of school so we shacked up eight people in a house for four so for the first month and a bit we really got to value what space was <laughs> yeah. so then moving into our own place we actually found although we're a room short here or there and a bathroom short here or there you really can make do agreed have you ever tried living with three men just saying i want my own bathroom <laughs> yeah so with the spot that we're in at the moment we're really quite happy where we are we're not really keen on moving right now because it was such a such a mission to move and it's only been six months where we are uh, as much as Laura's been looking online for new places new places to rent and places to stay the thought of actually picking up and moving what we've you know got already in the short amount of time that we've been here the stuff that we've bought that's added to the to the uh, amount of stuff that we thought we needed we really don't want to move <laughs> so we've got to weigh up the options of yes we need another room yes we need another bathroom but how urgent is it can we stick it out another month or two maybe three and then look at it so so far we have because obviously the, the cost of living the rent here is also a factor you know um, any other spot that we've looked at so far with the extra space that we want 
we're looking at about 400 pounds a month extra which when you have a look at how much that is especially if you convert it back into rands you know 400 pounds it's about what's that 8,000 rand a month could someone please tell Klaus to stop converting back to rand the only reason I'm converting is thinking about well once we've settled absolutely everything in South Africa then there's absolutely no need to convert anymore but once you know until then we've still got some sort certain sort of thoughts about what we can save and if it's saving 8,000 rand a month which would go towards paying something off in South Africa a hell of a lot quicker then it's a definite consideration but apart from that I'm, I'm doing pretty well I don't convert everything I don't you do I don't you do not at all you are terrible I'm terrible but I'm not that bad uh, you, you, you are you are Scrooge you, you are I'm careful <laughs> I'm prudent yeah whatever and we compliment each other <laughs> you're painful can you imagine if I was the same as Laura we'd have no money <laughs> As good as she is with the budgeting and stuff, she also loves to shop. And let's just be fair, for a whole year before we left, I didn't spend a penny on anything. And hence we were able to leave the country. I get that, but please just let's be fair. No, I'm fair about that. That was perfect. I mean, she used to buy a lot of shoes and handbags and stuff like that. And then realizing, oh, she doesn't have that much space. We needed five suitcases just for shoes to take with. There was a lot of sacrifice that needed doing and at the moment we uh, our wardrobe actually just consists of tracksuit <laughs> pants and, and jerseys yeah. most of the time my meetings are, con are conducted with uh, like party on the bottom <laughs> comfortable with slippers and very business-like on top that's when you switch on the, the camera <laughs> otherwise switch on the camera if you switch on the camera yeah. uh, so you know that's what it's come down to and at this stage We've gone through uh, a double winter. That's the other thing that I was sort of dreading coming here, going through winter in South Africa, leaving in August, which was just before spring, and heading straight into autumn and subsequently winter in Europe, which was my first time. You know, any other trips that I've ever done to Europe in my lifetime have been in summer. So, yeah, first European winter. I can say done and dusted. We're still sort of, we're officially in spring, but it's still chilly. Um, but now what I consider warm is 12 degrees, where <laughs> that would never have been the case. So, uh, you know, 12 degree day with a bit of sunshine is like heaven at this stage. But again, it was a lot easier than I thought, purely because the, the houses and the clothing is much, much better suited towards it. Okay, so that's, sorry, I had to pause there because we passed a bunch of people on the pathway and social distancing and all of that. We have to walk single file. But yeah, what I was saying is it's been a lot easier than I thought. Uh, it's cold, you know, different type of cold than what we were used to. But most of the time inside, you really don't notice it as much because everything is double glazed. There's heating. Um, which was literally on our entire winter. You set the thermostat once and you just leave it. So we've been comfortable enough and you don't really notice the cold as much as you would have in South Africa. I mean, you can honestly still walk around with a short sleeve shirt indoors. Got decent jackets and beanies and stuff when you go outdoors. 
I mean, we've been walking through literally sleet, snow, rain, sunshine, wind, warmth, cold. I mean, I think uh, we've done walks at like minus two degrees. So we've been pretty consistent with our with that goal. Uh, started before Christmas, but officially only started our one year every day walk three kilometers minimum uh, as of the second of January because we actually missed the first of January, so we couldn't count it. So we've been doing it longer than than what uh, our goal currently shows, but that was just because of one day. Anyway, we'll take it enjoying the exercise because there's literally all the rest of the time spent indoors every time every day we do go out it's nice to get some fresh air get the limbs moving and uh, we have to obviously do it for the exercise as well <laughs> the other part of exercise is that we still try and follow a, a crossfit sort of uh, regime. regime and uh, you know varying modalities of, of doing stuff just to keep our fitness levels up. So our kitchen doubles as our gym. Yep, but it's all body weight <laughs> stuff. So there's no, there's no weights or anything. It's all, all the training, all the exercise we've been doing is body weight exercise, which, uh, you know, it's difficult to keep it interesting, but I think we've managed okay for now. We were going to a gym before lockdown, like proper lockdown again, uh, for a couple of months. But uh, as of before Christmas, Gyms have also been closed, so yeah, it's been a few months of literally doing what you can at home, indoors, and then our daily walks. But I think that's where we need to mention that your your mindset is vital to to this journey, because if you're going to sit and feel sorry for yourself and have a pity party about how it hasn't worked out for you, then it's yeah detrimental. To your mental state of mind look that counts for the whole of this covert pandemic worldwide i think but specifically if you're going to be doing an immigration or if you're going to be moving countries you know there came a point at our six month mark of being here where both of our kids got very very homesick homesick being they wanted to go back to south africa everything was horrible but supposedly that is a general marker when things like this tend to happen so we, we put a little bit more effort in it at that stage to, to connect with people back home, um, to set up new goals for the kids so that it keeps them distracted and thinking about other things. And then also just having a conversation with them and reminding them that they were part of the decision um, of this journey that we were on. We didn't just decide to up and move by ourselves, we spoke to the kids about it. Ultimately it was our decision but we did try and include them in make it feel like they were also part of this and initially when we were in South Africa they were the ones that were more excited to get out now they want to go back but <laughs> it's because of what, of what they know and uh, when doing research and having a chat to other people that have you know ventured as far as the US or, or further than that um, have all said that some didn't tell their kids it was sort of like it's our decision and we're going and um, they have found it a lot harder to adapt whereas I think our kids have sort of somewhat settled they still miss South Africa a lot but it's all they've known all their lives so you know we try and support them to the best of our ability we don't know everything um, 
so yeah it's 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 challenging when you've got teenage hormones they're male I only know female teenage hormones and uh, you're living in a different country and they don't have friends yet thanks to COVID yeah you've got to sort of think about and say how much of it is due to growing up how much is it hormones how much is it the pandemic how much is it lockdown how much is it moving the countries you know it's there's lots of aspects to to consider and we don't know for sure which one of them gives the most sort of weight towards the uh, the feelings that they have but it's a combination and and that's why laura like laura said the mindset is the most important thing you know prior to immigrating i was never I was never keen on doing it because I thought I'd miss South Africa too much. It was always a matter of, oh, I can't live without the sun and the weather and this and that and the next thing. But you make do. Um, if you look at it as, a, as an adventure, I mean, it's not a permanent thing for the rest of our lives. So it's something new, it's exciting. Anything new is exciting. And as long as you can keep doing it as exciting, it's easier to deal with. Uh, that's my take on it. Yeah, look, it's it's a fair it's a fair take. I think just if you are quite social and enjoy being around people, and your energy levels are sustained by being with people, um, being in lockdown is hard. What was I saying again? Before you so, so rudely interrupted We had a pause. Me? We had to pause some people, and we're just walking next to a busy road. So Laura was talking about mindset and keeping positive and. If you're quite social, this and that. The next thing. Yeah, so if you're quite social, one thing that um, it doesn't replace seeing people face to face, but I highly, highly recommend finding different social groups that you can connect with uh, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, there's a lot of um, online courses and uh, programs that you can join and connect with as a means of meeting new people. Yeah, you, you meet people that you wouldn't normally have sure. because you're meeting people from all over the world that are interested in the same things that you are. Ultimately, now you don't you only see them online, but who's to say somewhere down a couple of years from now you don't travel into a country and then suddenly you've got somebody that you can connect with and you know. Yeah, so don't, don't lose sight of uh, networking. I actually was on a group um, today and we, we were having a good laugh at... If we were all in a room together, how noisy it would have been. Um, but because it's virtual, it's a little bit quieter. But when we do go to some sort of normality again, <laughs> are people going to be able to network like they used to? It's an interesting... Dilemma. Well, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. All right. Well, look, initially we were not sure what we would talk about on this, on this rambling. And uh, we've done 23 minutes already, so I think to make sure that we don't bore people, keep it interesting, we'll leave some further topics for our next episode. But, but, do, should... but do give us feedback and uh, yeah, these are our viewpoints, please. We're, we're not experts, um, except experts of ourselves, so... Ooh, let's do. <laughs> no judgment, please. Yeah, so I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Spread the word if you find it interesting or if you know of anybody that is looking to immigrate and needs a little bit of mindset help or just advice on what what to do, how to do it and what to expect. You know, you can connect them with us. 
we'll try and help. We, as Laura said, we're no experts, but we, we have done certain things. We've got certain experiences behind us now that help maybe somebody that hasn't. And uh, we know 10% more. That's all you need to do to, to be an expert is know that 10% more. But anywho, have a good uh, evening, good day, good afternoon, or good morning, wherever you are in the world listening to this at whatever time. Hope you enjoyed it and uh, au revoir from uh, England. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs>